work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, today we're going to talk a lot about culture. And we have actually, we're going to do a potpourri of topics. But um, what's been on my mind lately is this culture war that we're in. And, uh, you know, looking for answers and also looking for solutions and it's not an easy, you know, it's not an easy war. But be, you better believe it, it is a war. We're at war, man. This is a war. We are fighting for our, our existence. We are fighting for our lives. Because we know that the culture war is just one piece of the overall battle between good and evil. But beyond that, because that's so platitudinal, you know, that's like a platitude, good and evil. What does that mean? It's vague. But it really is um, a battle between globalism, and I don't want to say the next word. I don't want to say nationalism. I don't want to say that. But it is a, it is a war between globalism and sovereignty, yeah, I could say nationalism. And I could say a whole lot of other things. But I truly believe that this globalist world, this, it all, you know, you, you can go back to, remember Bono and U2? We are the world. Remember that song with Michael Jackson and all these people? Those were all developmental. Those were all being pushed upon a bunch of music artists Live Aid concert. Remember that? You know, um, Ain't Gonna Play Sun City, right, in Africa. All this, all these, uh, you know, so uh, basically these uh, agendas, these political agendas that entered the uh, 
musical sphere, but then also all the jokes that were told over at Saturday Night Live and then the uh, late night talk show hosts. We went from Johnny Carson to, you know, Brian Colbert and, and a whole bunch of liberals, right? Liberals with a political axe to grind, a political agenda. And they didn't care about half, they didn't care about uh, conservative Americans. They only cared about their liberal policies being pushed forward. And I think, you know, globalists and, and big corporations saw value in that. <clears throat> but it was only when you got together and you got grand schemes, like say at the World Economic Forum, and with people like George Soros that are schemers, that are very clever, very smart. They put pen to paper, almost like a Sololinsky or a Cloward and Piven or these you know, social scientists that can get into your head. These people that were able to push MKUltra down your throats and get people to do things. You know, I once uh, had a friend of Wharton. And she showed me this video, and this video was how, and, and this is where I learned, you know, I always knew it, but it really drove it home. And we're going back 15 years, maybe longer, maybe 20 years ago. And this, this really great mind, this great professor, put together this study. And the study was, it was a store full of um, beads and different things. And these beads were in these little square boxes. <clears throat> and they changed the colors of the scheme. And they changed the way they presented them to see how humans would behave and react to the presentation. And sure enough, certain arrays and patterns and setups would yield bigger results in terms of sales than others. So marketing experts got together and they learned how to put up store displays. Like right now, Target, you know, or someone like that, it's Pride Month, so, you know, they're going to town with putting pride all over the front of the store and people are revolting and rejecting against it and they're losing lots of money. But come to find out, it really doesn't matter because when you're the only game in town and you're the super monopoly, it doesn't matter because someone pulls the plug on Target, they're going to have to buy that widget or whatever it is they're buying, that toaster, that blender, that ham mixer. They're going to have to buy that somewhere else. The diapers, they're going to have to buy them somewhere else. And guess who owns the somewhere else? The super monopoly does. That's BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. So yeah, the, you're never going to get around the the you know punish. You're never going to be able to punish them. Yes, they're going to lose money, but because they took it on the chin for the big team upstairs, you know. The, and I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about the corporations that want to replace God, the governments that want to replace God. And that's what this is all about, this cultural war, is that they want to, um, they cannot, they cannot deroot you, your love and affection and your devotion and your trust and your belief in God. They can't. 
They can't break it. They can't. They know it. They know they can't. And they can't pry you away from your children. They try to separate you with the parents and and teachers and all that, right? And Loudoun County and all this. See, this is what this is all about. It's you got to get your head out of the minutia of things and get it into the bigger picture. And they're trying to separate and divide your families. They did it with Black Lives Matter, trying to divide black conservatives from black liberals by telling you that white was black and black was white. You're a victim. You need reparations. And and the conservatives were saying, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to live my life that way. I don't want a handout. I don't want social welfare. I want to be a man. I feel equal. Well, but you're not equal, they keep telling you. You're not equal. You can't you can't even vote you yeah with an ID. You don't know how to get an ID. You're that dumb. Is what the liberals will tell the black people that say if they require voter ID, you'll be suppressed. You're not smart enough to get that ID. So therefore, no voter ID. And somehow the Supreme Court's what, and and they know that the arguments they can win and when they can, when they can't, and the reason why the Supreme Courts seem to be at odds with American values is because voter IDs weren't part of the equation. Really, and it, it's not written down in the Constitution, and the Supreme Court is really a constitutional construct. But it's common sense. You know, whatever happened to the words of Potter Stewart? You know, I know it when I see it in the laws of obscenity, in the law of obscenity, Furman versus Georgia. And that's obscene. So I looked at this meme, and there's this these kids. That they look like they're 60s kids in school. And they're saying the Pledge of Allegiance in the schoolhouse. And they got a picture of President Lincoln and President Washington up on the wall. And the meme reads like this. Ever wonder why kids didn't shoot up schools back then? And the answer was because they were raised to respect God, their parents, and their country. It's pretty simple, isn't it? That's very simple. Klaus Schwab and Larry Fink, Klaus Schwab, the head of World Economic Forum, and Larry Fink, the head of BlackRock, and whoever the heck is in charge of Vanguard and State Street and all these other big corporate conglomerates, they want that slave labor, man. They want that slave labor. They want that profit. They want that money. They want that woman. They want that car. They want that house. They want the pool. They want the vacation. They want the stake. They want the private jet. All things that they're denying you, they want. And partly, you're basically taking up the resources. They want you out of their way. They don't want you to join them. They don't want you to prosper. They want to destroy the middle class, and they want to have a dependent class and they want to have an aristocratic elite class. That's what they want. 
And they've achieved that objective in every single place that they've reigned supreme with rigged elections and uh, union corruption and mob bosses and corrupt politicians. Look at Detroit. Look at San Francisco. Look at Los Angeles. Look at New York City. Look at Philadelphia. They're one-party towns. Look at Chicago. Lori Lightfoot was the conservative in that city. (laughs) You gave me a break. Please give me a break. And just when you think it's good and you think, we're making some strides, we're making some inroads, you got someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene flip-flopping. Here we go. After promising that January 6th Capitol videos would be released to the public, Marjorie Taylor Greene says the release could put the security of the Capitol at risk. Wow. Tucker Carlson's rolling over in his grave. No, he's not dead. He's just out right now because they censored him. He was saying all the things that they didn't want you to hear. But I understand he got that $100 million contract with Vita. I don't know about that. I don't think I don't think Patrick Bet David has all that kind of bank, but uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene says, "Hey, you know, this would put the security." And then she says a couple of other things, like while blaming left wing sedition hunters u- use of facial recognition against J six patriots. So that's the cover. That's supposed to get you to go, "Oh, okay, I still like Marjorie Taylor Greene." Remember, she was supporting J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance supported Evan McMullen against Trump. Yet Trump still endorsed J.D. Vance because politics makes strange strange bedfellows. That's what that's about. Okay. And Trump's not stupid. Trump made his chops in New York City where he knew he had to do and say certain things to make contracts happen. But Marjorie Taylor Greene was a bit of a disappointment. Say, you know, I want to remind you before I forget, there is a Daily Wire, and I'm not a big Daily Wire fan, but uh, because they're sort of in the tank for DeSantis, and frankly right now, you know, like I say, I, I am only supporting the candidate that goes against the candidate that's endorsed by Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan. That's my litmus test. Because if Meg, if Meg Ryan, if Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney endorse, whoever they endorse, they're going to be handled by the globalists. And I have something important to tell you about that because it's interesting. And I've kind of alluded to it in the show's past, but I'm going to hit it head on today. Uh, And it's going to be about Robert Kennedy Jr. and Trump and DeSantis and Joe Biden. Okay? All right. So remind me when that comes up. You can't because it's radio. Um, That's supposed to be funny. Um, So here we go. This What is a Woman video is playing up on Twitter for free. And uh, I think you might be able to find it some other places. It was an hour and a half runtime, and I strongly recommend you watch this. Matt, Matt start, features Matt Walsh. I like Matt Walsh a lot, but Matt Walsh 
I don't love him, though. He said some things, too, that I'm not in full agreement with. But you can't agree with 100% of anything with anybody. But I like Matt Walsh. I like what he's doing with this whole binary gender thing, you know, which is kind of interesting. It's an interesting topic. It's part of the cultural war. It's part of the confusion. It's part of the attack on Christianity. It's part of the attack on family values. It's part of the agenda of depopulation. It's part of the... uh, demoralization of our youth. You know, it's all of those things. We know that. That much we do know. So we got that. We got that out of the way. Anybody who supports any of this is, uh, by you know, feeding into, feeding into the, the problem. That they're part, they're, they're becoming part of the problem and whether they even know it or not. I know, uh, so many people just live their lives, drink their beer, go to go to their job, and um, you know, and take care of their family. And they don't have time for this politics. They don't. I'll be honest. I, that's true. I mean, I know that's true. Some people just like whatever. They're, it's all going to happen the way it happens. I can't make a difference. And then they throw their hands up. They just ride the wave. They they just take the path that's in front of them. And and the left, as sinister and as strategic as they are, they know that. And it's people like me and you that are listening to this show, because I know that most people listening to this show are strategic thinkers. But um, we're few. We're the we're very you know we're not the we're not the majority here. So one of the things I'm going to ask that you do is not only should you share my tweets and my Facebook posts and stuff, you should share more. Because if I come up with these ideas and I put them out there, more people need to see them, like more people in your network. But it's not just that. It's it's um, you need to talk to your neighbors and you need to somehow, perhaps in a coy way, uh, put these things out. And I think in, when I say coy... I mean, you think about what you're going to say and you say it in the form of, say, a joke. And you kind of like make light of it, like as a matter of factly, <laughs> and laugh. But you get it out there and you plant a seed and you get that thought out there so that people are aware of what is happening in the world. Because the mainstream media is not there to, to help you, they're not there. It's these little radio shows like ours that are getting the job done, but our megaphones aren't big enough. That's why we need support. Any donations to magapack.org? Go to magapack.org and make a donation. You're helping us sustain and do better work, more research. It's, you know, it, it probably should not go missed that we don't run commercials on this show. No, no commercials. You, you never hear an ad. I could. I could run five minutes of ads or three minutes of ads every every 15 uh, minutes, whatever. Go on a show clock like that. But I got an hour and, and I'm going to make the most of that hour. So you like the show because there's no ads. You like the show because it's continuous, good research. And our accuracy rating is very high. But that that comes at a price. That comes with a lot of work behind it. Trust me. All right, so this 
movie, What What Is a Woman, is great. I watched it. I watched it and uh, recently, and I got to tell you, it was it was awesome. I strongly, strongly recommend it. All right, so I'm going to go through a bunch of things, a potpourri of things, because I want to get through my tabs and get to some of the stuff that takes a little longer, and I want to make sure I have time for that. So here's one tweet that I wanted to read. It says, uh, Lest we forget, Christopher Wray was aware of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell in the year Donald Trump was impeached. For the second time, FBI sat on the info that could clear Trump and instead let 45, which is Donald Trump, be burned at the impeachment stake. How do we know? From the Hunter Biden emails, the same ones that 51 spies crafted a letter to lie about, then help Joe Biden win. This is what Trump had to deal with. If there's one person that deserves a second bite at the apple. And I always said during Trump's first term, I feel cheated and slighted. Trump should get a third term. And the reason why is because he got cheated out of his first term. The people that voted for Trump were disenfranchised. We should be suing the the heck out of America right now. Shouldn't we? I I think we should. We got we got gypped. We got robbed. We got a bunch of corrupt people happen to be liberals that just can't put their politics and leave them at the doorstep when they go home, when they uh, leave their house and they bring their politics with them into the bureaucratic uh, wheels of government and they uh, try to sabotage and wage a coup against our country. They're treasonous. They should be thrown in jail. But none of that's happening and you know it's not going to happen. You know, a lot of people are talking about something that Kellyanne Conway said, and this is probably the truest sentiment that I've heard. Uh, Diehard Trump supporters, of which these are there are millions and millions, are punishing DeSantis. We've only begun. So, um, you know, basically, Kellyanne Conway is saying the obvious out loud. She's basically saying people are really upset because they. You know, there's lots of people, people like Trump like DeSantis. I like DeSantis. But I'm not happy that DeSantis is doing what he's doing. And not only that, I actually think it's killing DeSantis. We had a plan and he abandoned the plan and he's given the globalists what they want because he's taken their money and he's already the globalists are having a small victory. And the small victory is to divide the MAGA uh, world, right? Because they want to divide and conquer, right? That's how they did it with Black Lives Matter. That's how they did it with defund the police and cops are bad and racist and you're a white supremacist and all this, that. That's what this is. But they're also now working this wedge. They're using DeSantis as a foil. And by foil, I'm talking about like a sword, right? I'm talking about jousting and I'm talking about fencing. So it's a foil. And they're using DeSantis. DeSantis is allowing himself to be a foil. Now, all the others, Pence, uh, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, all of these tools, Chris Christie, all of these tools 
are basically fundraisers for the RNC, for Rona McDaniel, because Rona McDaniel sucks at her job and she can't raise a, a penny to save her life. She sucks. So M- M- McDaniel, McCarthy, and McConnell are all, you know, the McRhinos. And they are terrible people. And they're the worst of the worst. I would say McConnell and McDaniel are worse than McCarthy, but um, McCarthy at least answers to the people a little bit. You know, so I don't want to lump McCarthy in as as bad as McConnell and uh, and Mc, McDaniel. But uh, in any case, I will say this, that... Um, they're all, they're all, you know, like if you look at a multi-level marketing scheme like an Amway and they recruit salespeople, they know that the salespeople are just, you know, mom and pop salespeople working from home. You know, they're not the salesmen of the year. They could be. But for the most part, these people that sell these multi-level marketing schemes, these pyramid structures, they're depending on that person to sell to their family and friends. That's it. So Amway wins because they got a salesperson that they know is going to reach out and sell to their family and friends. And by in politics, the family and friends for Tim Scott might be his corporate cronies and his globalist friends and his money donors and the people that made him a senator, right? And then his family and his friends are all going to donate to his campaign. And Nikki Haley is going to do the same thing and, you know, just take that cookie cutter and apply it to every single political talking head that's joining the RNC race, right? And somehow some of that money goes into the RNC, into WinRed, and Trump is doing it a little differently. Yes, he knows that money's going to go into the RNC and he's going to depend on that money from the RNC at some point when he wins the nomination. But for the most part, you know, this is what he's dealing with. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Hopefully, maybe DeSantis is doing the same thing, but with bigger donors. And he's playing Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney as the fools that they are and getting that big cash and then putting it into the war chest of the RNC. Maybe, but I doubt it. Here's what uh, Kellyanne Conway uh, has to say about the whole DeSantis thing. Let's let's take a listen. You are going to have this. You're going to have a passionate fight, and maybe it's a maybe it's three D, four D chess, right? I mean, maybe it's DeSantis is actually playing this because people donate with emotion when, when they're emotional, and when you fire up the MAGA and d- create a wedge, maybe. Just maybe there's more donations that are going to come out of that and is going to help the uh, Trump win. We'll see. But let's take a listen to this clip. It's real short. Thing. I think the diehard Trump voters, of which there are millions and millions in the Republican primaries, they are going to they're punishing DeSantis. Thing. I think the diehard Trump could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It very well could be. So we'll see. So there is this meme, a picture of uh, these rainbow flags surrounding Rockefeller Center. If you ever seen Rockefeller Center, there's flags all over the place, right? 
of every country. And then there's also this like fifth, uh, uh, no, it's in England. Um, also in England, uh, the double-decker red buses are going down and stuff. And they got these rainbow flags, almost like, like uh, it looks almost like you're in North Korea in a military parade. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, nobody ever gave Magapack uh, or Bugle Call or uh, Scott Adams show fl- a flag. Um, why should they give the Democrat fundraisers called Black Lives Matter or Antifa or the, the Rainbow or the trans? They all get flags. Nobody gave me an emoji. When I type the word trans into my phone, I get a tra- new trans flag that just was invented, developed. It came out of thin air. One of those iPhone updates, you know, put the emoji on my phone. And now I'm woke. They get a flag. The Black Lives Matter gets a fist, you know, and uh, and Twitter, they get three dots. Um, you know, they get all these emojis. And you can't, I can't tell you, there's not one conservative. If I type in MAGA, I don't get an emoji. But if I type in BLM, Black Lives Matter, I get an emoji. When I type in the word trans, I get an emoji. You know, I mean, that's just ridiculously unfair. When the State Department is flying the Black Lives Matter and rainbow flags above their embassies in every country, which they have done, how is that fair when 100% of the funds that they raise, in Black Lives Matter's case, Black Lives Matter's case, $83 billion over the course of time. That goes all to the Democrat Party. Do you think they're not going to continue it? How about the censorship? I called it right away. I said, they're not going to ban TikTok. Democrats controlled TikTok. All they're going to do is get a little bit more data from TikTok, to, and TikTok will shut them up in two seconds. Yeah, we'll give you some data. We'll share what we're sharing with the CCP. Who cares? All they want to do is rig elections. When Americans are encouraged to pledge allegiance to a false flag that promotes perversion and evil instead of pledging allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, it is no wonder why America is in peril. There is a conser- there, there's a uh, liberal group, a liberal environmental group called the environmental the environmentexcuse.org. I'm not promoting it, trust me. I'm I'm against it. The and, but if you want to check it out, the environmentexcuse.org. It's got a cup with two it's a billboard in I I'm not sure what town. A billboard and with a cup with two toothbrushes, you know. And you know what the message says? It says, conserve energy, shack up. Conserve energy, shack, and then in a different color to accentuate, shack up. So they're basically saying, get together and shack up. Liberal environmental group wants you to shack up like slaves on a plantation to conserve energy. Other groups want to limit consumption, force electric vehicles down your throats, and limit your movement with 15-minute cities. Climate is a, is a yet another liberal hoax and pathway to fascism. 
Yep, it is. Remember these two clips from Al Gore and uh, John Kerry? Let's take a listen. Oh, here it goes. A 75% chance that Said this in the 2009. entire North Polar Ice Cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. You have sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. So that was 2009, right? 2009? They were wrong, right? I said the climate hoax make paid disinformation globalists like John Kerry and Al Gore rich because the climate regulations they promote restrict expensive labor manufacturing in Western G7 nations while signing climate agreements uh, agreements that allow, like uh, the Paris Accord or TPP that allow BRICS nations like China and India and Brazil and South Africa and India uh, to make BRICS nations uh, to uh, allow them to use their citizens as cheap slave labor. Some of the global corporate profits wind up in the pockets of politicians and media through ad dollars who support their false claims. See, Al Gore and John Kerry are getting paid every time they lie to you. But they're lying to you because the corporations are paying them to lie to you. And they had trust, they, they were officials. They were either secretaries of state or vice presidents that gave them credibility. They then used that credibility as equity and they expend that equity in the form of speeches that they get paid $500,000 each. And they get paid those monies to give these speeches. And part of it is because of their so-called credibility. And then also their clout, because the Democrats that uh, are not going to go against them, because they're basically the dog whistles as well. They're not just the credible leaders of their party, but they're also the dog whistles because everybody knows what they're saying is false. And But there's not going to be any disagreement or dissent because they know that those are the marching orders. You see, marching orders are dog whistles. And that's what's going on there. That's how it's disseminated. That's how it's encouraged. That's how it's, the media is like, okay, these are our marching orders. Al Gore just gave a speech. He said that we cannot counter, contradict that. If we do, someone like BlackRock or Vanguard or Pfizer or whoever will pull the money from our coffers and we'll be in deep, deep doo-doo. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, again, flip-flopped on the J6 videotape, but she also said this. Rushing, Rushing Brook Children's Choir were singing the national anthem in the Capitol and were stopped by Capitol Police. Uh, 
They were told that certain Capitol Police said it might offend someone caused and cause issues. The national anthem sung by children is not offensive. It's needed more. There was also uh, this guy named Krug on YouTube that, you know, basically says if people wear American flag on their T-shirt, does that, you know, and the liberals would answer, I think it's racist. I think it's white supremacist. I think it's offensive. I think it's oppressive. You know, it's all these things, right, that they would say. It's crazy. So I said to respond in response to the Capitol Hill police shutting down a boys choir that was singing the national anthem in the Capitol building with its beautiful echo and acoustics. Beautiful the way they were sounding. Family, God, patriotism, country, American greatness are the enemies standing in the way of the globalist new world order agenda. It is for this reason we see disdain for MAGA, nationalism, American first, America first religion, and family values. If America bows to globalism, globalists win. We don't want that. I'm going to read that again. This is in response to this Capitol Hill police incident, but I tweeted this out. And I think it's important that we understand this. Because again, we opened the show, we told you this is going to be a bit of a cultural show, uh, cultural warfare. We're fighting for our mere existence here because the globalism is an existential threat to our way of living, to our religion, freedom of religion, to our bill of rights, to our sovereignty, to our right to defend ourselves and bear arms to our right to free speech, to our right to um, privacy. I said, family, God, patriotism, country, America, American greatness are the enemy standing in the way of the globalists' new world order agenda. It is for this reason we see disdain for MAGA, nationalism, America first, religion, and family values. If America bows to globalism, globalists win. And we know that to be the case. We know that for a fact. We have empirical evidence to prove it. You want to know what it is? What it is, remember when Obama was working with Nike, and by the way, I bought in, uh, um, some shoes, and I was looking at labels, and if they were made in China, of course, I didn't buy them. But uh, here's the thing. All the Nike shoes are made in China. Slave labor. But the TPP, Obama was pushing TPP and held events where they were sponsored by with Nike. And Nike and TPP and Obama were pushing TPP. As soon as Trump came along in 2016, he said, we're not going to do TPP. And immediately, immediately, China withdrew from TPP. Said, okay, well, TPP's a non-starter. And when Trump removed himself from the Paris Agreement, the Paris Agreement was basically nothing. Because these systems are basically all about slave labor. I've always said to you, okay, climate is slave labor. There's no like, it's not like it is. It's not, the climate hoax is a ruse to achieve slave labor. That's what it is. 
Okay? That's one of the things that it is. But it is about that. That's its primary purpose. That's why it's funded. That's why the agenda is funded. Now, you know, liberals are always trying to do a twofer. You know, like when they open the border, they're not just trying to get slave labor and cheap labor. They're also trying to rig elections, too. So they're going to milk that cow every which way they can. But what I'm saying to you is that this is about slave labor. And it's about a client and a vendor. Okay? It's about an innovation and research development innovator, patent rights person, that wants to find a manufacturer for its new patents. So we got all the education and science and research and development and creativity in a free democracy like in the United States. But then we need some slave to actually make it. That's where BRICS comes in. That's where China comes in. That's where TPP was. And that's what Paris Agreement is about. Paris Agreement says we can't have any upstarts trying to manufacture things in America or Canada or wherever. It's got to be done like in China. So we're going to draw up the Paris Agreement to ban emissions. And that's what we're going to use to regulate and enforce restrictions upon, you know, manufacturing in the West. And we're going to give a green light to China and India. And we're green lighting that. And they're going to be able to do what they want. And basically, it's all about buyers and sellers. It's about manufacturers, suppliers, and retailers, right? I mean, it's no different than any of that. It's pretty simple. It's pretty basic. But without Americans... Without the American involvement of Paris Agreement or TPP, there's no buyer. There's no customer. So then there's really no way to get a return on your investment or get economy of scale to such degree that it's worth doing. So that's why TPP and Paris Agreement do not work without the wealth of the American people and their purchasing power. Are you understanding this? This is what climate is all about. The progressive left rejects binary XX and XY chromosomes in lieu. I was inspired by the What is a Woman uh, uh, movie. And I wrote this. I said, the progressive left rejects binary XX and XY chromosomes in lieu of a spectrum of sexual identities in order to sow the seeds of disinformation, misinformation, and false interpretation to fit their agenda the same way, now hang on, the same way they do with the Constitution and the history of civil rights where they flip it upside down. They say the two parties switched. That didn't happen. But they have the media in their pocket so they can get away with that lie. And you know how you have progressive judges that look at the Constitution as a living document? So long as the document's living and breathing, <laughs> they can then retwist it and reinterpret it 
to fit anything that they want. That's why they call them progressive judges that support, that look at the Constitution as a living document. And people like Scalia and Clarence Thomas, who they hate, they look at the Constitution as a dead document, uh, a basically organic document, a, uh, you know, basically uh, etched in stone. And so they interpret the Constitution the way it was written, and they apply it to modern things. They don't twist it. They don't bend it. They don't. It's it's a dead document. It doesn't change. And so the liberals are constantly trying to reinterpret to fit today's mold, and that that's a slippery slope. Once you get down that slippery slope, that's like you know artificial intelligence and um, cloning humans and stuff like that. That's a, that that gets into some really scary places. So there we are with that. Um, but that's what they want to do with the binary. See, binary is inflexible. They don't like that. The progressive left rejects binary XXXY chromosomes in lieu of a spectrum of sexual identities in order to sow the seeds of disinformation, misinformation, and false interpretation to fit their agenda. It's as simple as that. BlackRock Vanguard use their clout to promote agenda politics in companies sparking nationwide boycotts from customers. And so that's what we see going on today. And again, they're part of the World Economic Forum agenda. Um, And the New York Post wrote an article about that, and I was really happy to see that. So Barstool Sports, have you ever heard of Barstool Sports? Barstool Sports says, Pride Month collection. Uh, Let's see. This is our tweet. New Pride Month collection is now available at the Barstool store. All net proceeds go to LGBT Center New York City. Purchase a shirt to automatically... Okay, so so basically, it's like this. I said, oh, oh, not Barstool Sports. Is donating to a group that supports children getting sex changes and hosts workshops for kids to learn drag. Barstool Sports, fully owned by casino operator and entertainment company Penn Entertainment, has buckled to globalist ad dollars and investors financed by BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, and also another investor company, H.G. Vora. And that I posted their stock earnings and stuff like that. Okay, here's a here's a doozy. Now this thought is going to blow your mind. All right, this is another tweet that I put out. I have a picture of Robert Kennedy Jr., Henry Kissinger, and Donald Trump. But really, I, I didn't find the picture I wanted. But that that sort of was the best I could come up with. But here I said this. I said, "2024 election fraud." will be greatly reduced with either Trump versus RFK Jr. or DeSantis versus Biden. Let me read that again. The 2024 election fraud will be greatly reduced with either Trump versus RFK, which is two anti-globalists, or DeSantis versus Biden, which are two globalists. And the reason why I say that is because 
Just like when there was McCain and Obama or there was Clinton and Bush or there was Bush against Kerry or Bush against Gore, they didn't care. The globalists didn't rig the elections because they were going to get what they wanted regardless of the outcome of the election. But it became a Hobson's choice when Trump went against Hillary Clinton, who is not supposed to win. Uh, Trump was not supposed to beat Hillary. So they didn't see that coming. And that's why they pulled out all the stops in 2020, because they knew it would be game over for the globalist agenda if Trump got a second term. So they didn't care whether we knew about the fraud. It was so obvious what they and, and the censorship and everything that came into place. We're at war now. They knew that they had to maintain power in order to uh, get away. They can get away with it once they get power because they control the DAs. They control the judges. They control the FBI. They control the army. They control the bullets. You know, they want to de- 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 arm you, disarm you. So in summary, election fraud is run by globalists when there is something to gain. So if you have something like uh, DeSantis versus Robert Kennedy Jr., or if you have Trump versus Biden, then you will have election fraud because the outcomes would be distinctly different because one thing you could say about Robert Kennedy Jr., he might be a radical liberal, but he is an anti-globalist. And the one thing you could say about Trump is he's an anti-globalist. But you can't say that about DeSantis, and you certainly can't say that about um, Biden. See, Biden and Hillary were puppets of the globalist agenda. They can control puppets, you know, through compromise, through insurance. When someone is compromised, they call that compromise, but beyond that, when somebody is compromised, they call them insured. They're insured candidates because there's mutual assured destruction and they have them, they own them, they control them by holding stuff over their head. Hillary and Biden were controlled. This is another tweet Hillary that I wrote. Hillary and Biden were controlled puppets that globalists wanted in power to make U.S. comply. Without U.S. involvement in TPP or Paris Agreement makes those initiatives impossible, as I had just explained. This was a great tweet by Haley Kennington. Men who believe themselves to be trans are the vehicles being exploited for new contracts for biotechnology corporations founded and in cahoots with state governing bodies, the merging of trans medical, and biotech all at once. The end result, transhumanism, yet no one sees it. I actually think there's a lot being said there. That's huge, in my opinion. But uh, men who believe themselves to be trans are the vehicle being exploited for new contracts for biotechnology corporations funded and in cahoots with state governing bodies. The merging of trans, medical, and biotech all at once. The end result, transhumanism, yet no one sees it. Very, very good tweet. I wish I wrote that one. 
Uh, Anthony writes, a man that defends this country gets honored for two days out of the year, Veterans Day and Memorial Day. While a man who, uh, and then it gets expletive, uh, with another man's penis gets a, a month, right? I mean, it's true. It, 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 it was so profoundly true, though. You know, it, it had to be said. You know, why are we rewarding this kind of perversion, right? When we're dishonoring the men who've lost their lives to defend our nation. We know why. This is pretty good here, the electric car scam. False. President Biden says he wants 50% of new cars to be electric by 2030. True, but I guess now it's 60%. True or false, a typical electric car requires six times the mineral inputs of a, conven- of a conventional car. Yes. If 50% of the cars were electric vehicles today, is there enough power on the electric grid to charge them all? Absolutely not. No. You said in your written statement, Mr. Bradbury, I'm going to quote you, if every country in the world achieved its stated EV targets by 2030, the total savings in carbon dioxide emissions would be expected to reduce global temperatures by only 0.0002 degrees Fahrenheit by the year 2100. Given this fact, is it unilaterally gutting the U.S. auto market, critical mineral supply chain, and the grid stability? Is that the solution for addressing the temperature goals? Well, I, I don't think so. True or false? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right. So we have a couple more things I wanted to uh, share with you. Um, <laughs> there was this Rachel Maddow clip that I wanted to get into, but I'm not going to do that one. Uh, breaking. Robert Kennedy Jr. claims that 80% of Anderson Cooper's $12 million salary comes from Pfizer, 80% of Anderson Cooper's salary comes, $12 million salary comes from Pfizer. Wow, that's something. Budweiser's $27 billion wipeout in value is not some mistake in judgment they made on some risky uh, trans marketing strategy. It's a calculated loss and necessary step along the way to stakeholder capitalism. Die. Diversity, inclusion, and equity, and their ESG scores. Since mega hedge funds like Vanguard and BlackRock control almost all the big woke companies, the losses that seem staggering to the casual investor are nothing to them. They're going to cram it down our throats, and what we've seen so far is just the tip of the iceberg. So there it is, folks. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and listening, listening in here. Uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. It's magapack.org. You could also go to buglecall.org and buglecall.org to make a donation there as well. That's the parent nonprofit. Also use Red State over at MyPillow. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.